it'll be fine. Yeah, we'll have a good time. And it's super fast and easy. I mean, I can I can always do them a different way or whatever. No, 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 no. Yeah. Whatever you sent me is fine. I was just thinking that <laughs> okay. if you were in a different like outfit or something, I was gonna say like, like we could edit it into like some sort of like time portal thing. I've been watching the the fly. Um, oh, nice, dude. Yeah. Well, it's been um, a long time. I haven't seen that in a long time. It's it's such a great great picture that like I when I saw it as a kid and I was just scared. I wasn't like you know, uh, you know. It, I didn't listen to the story of really what was going on between man and woman and him trying to <laughs> yeah. have acceptance as like an inventor and like wanting somebody to see him for who he is. It's a yeah. deep movie, dude. And I was thinking today as I was petting my dog, I was like, do you think there's a possibility that there's like some dog out there named um, Brundlefly? <laughs> right, right. Yeah, dude. I, I, I bet there is. That's one of those movies. I don't know. Chalked that up as like another one of those movies that. I don't know. Like I just started rewatching The Sopranos as an adult. Like I feel like I things that you watch when you're at a certain age, you might like it. It might entertain you. But so The Sopranos for me is like therapy. Like I'll watch the, the Sopranos when I have like really. I don't know. It's weird. Like I, I remember one time. Like I, I've seen the show uh, from season one to the end, six A or whatever you want to call it, seven. Yeah. I think same. I've seen it probably through, and through maybe about nine ten times just because i love the show so much and i think it's like there's not enough shows like that where there's just short dialogue that just reveals nothing but everything yep yeah it's uh, i i feel like i'm not quite at nine ten i've definitely seen it through it's got to be three full times but it's like like therapy like you said like breaking bad's another one that for me and 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 that one's heavy dialogue and he vince gilligan gives the scenes like all this room to breathe and everything so that's another one for me that I, I've, I've seen countless times too but yeah yeah i always i hold it i always thought that mr white wasn't dead by the way i usually do an introduction but we hit it off so well right here at the, at the bat i may just do a pre-recorded introduction because oh dude you can you start said do do dude, so the sopranos the, I, nobody I, I have one friend his name's tony coincidentally and he loves talking about the sopranos with me but yeah there's so many fine details in there that an artist or a musician can uh, appreciate? Like, do you listen to Talking Sopranos? I've listened to a few episodes. I've heard, like, I've heard a few of the actors on different podcasts reference it, and I've only listened a little bit. I should. I really, I really... Listen should. on Monday, because uh, Pete Davidson's going to be the, the, the first <laughs> ever guest. And he's apparently he's a huge uh, Sopranos fan, but... Um, oh, nice, nice. I love They that. reveal, like, lots of cool things about the music using that show. The, the you know, like how... You know, like David Chase at the time, you know, you would film something and then if it went to syndication, a lot of times like they wouldn't be able to use like a, you know, Led Zeppelin song. They would have somebody come in and write their own music to it because, oh, yeah. like, you know, you wouldn't have them perpetuity. Like you could have them for a little bit, but not for forever. And David Chase was like, just pay them all the money because they did get some big acts to like to participate in the soundtrack because the show was so good. There's huge songs in there. It was, I, I was watching it the other night. Um, the other night making dinner and like he just he just blasting steely dan you know blasting steely dan and journey and led zeppelin and all these all these amazing uh all these amazing artists so yeah yeah but uh the fly I w- I, like that's such a great movie too and there's so many parts of like the, like during this like pandemic you know i mean there's there's times at night where i'm like i'm just gonna go back and watch this because i missed it when i was like you know teenager or whatever one of the movies that i watched was the firm with tom cruise i had to watch oh, it in yeah. two sittings because i'm getting up there in age and uh i fall asleep pretty early right, um, right. but it was, i, I miss gene hackman gene hackman was such a great actor man 
Wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Where is Gene Hack? Is he alive? He's alive still. I think he's. I think he 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 might be like eighty or ninety years old. But like, um, he was in so many great movies, and then it's just kind of weird. Like, if you think about it, like any actor who's like iconic, you know what I mean? Like, they reach a point where they no longer like can do it. But it doesn't make sense because your association with them isn't in real life. It's on the screen. You know what I mean? Like, you don't think that people could ever like you know get older because like at one point Leonardo DiCaprio is going to be an old man. Yeah, there's that funny meme going around of it's him throughout the years. And then the last two pictures is first it's him in uh, what's the bear movie that he was in? Oh, The Revenant. Uh, mm-hmm. The Revenant. But then the, so it, it's him in that. And then the last picture is just a picture of Jack Nicholson. And it's like the same person. Oh, yeah, I've seen that one. That's great. <laughs> so, yeah. Leonardo they, they, DiCaprio like, does a great impersonation of Jack Nicholson. On that dude, favorite. he's so, yeah, I've seen yeah, that. Fun. I've seen his impersonation of him and, and of De Niro and of De Niro. And then the other sure. guy who's uh, defying age right now, I don't know if you saw the footage of Tom Brady drunk, uh, shock, shocking the world yesterday at the Super Bowl parade. I fucking love it. I love all of it. So it's do like, I, yeah. I think it's Tom, great to see him like that, you know? The Tom Brady stuff for me has always been an example of people hating greatness. And, and, and you can say that about music, like music and, and bands selling out and stuff. Like all of a sudden a band is bigger than they can be and they're, you know, they're on top of their game and nobody can touch them. And Tom Brady is just, he's just too squeaky clean and too great. But you're literally watching somebody who is setting the bar so far, so high that it will maybe never be attained. Yeah, I and mean... he goes down the Tampa Bay in, yeah, the, squal- and, and in the squalor and wins. And wins, and wins everything. He, and then he gets drunk and he parties on a boat and throws a Super Bowl. It's like, that's cool. Like, can we just admit that's really cool? It's really like, cool because he didn't do that when he was in New England. I feel like he was on the, you know, a short leash up there just because of the organization and how much stricter things are i mean you have winter up here it's like down tampa Yankee. bay the parade looked like you know nobody's wearing masks everybody's having a great time he's throwing the lombardi trophy off the back of a boat i just couldn't believe it i was like wow things are so much different <laughs> down south i mean it's the difference of like the yankees winning another world series and when the phillies won it's like there's people on top of buses drinking vladimir and you know getting naked and sliding down poles like that's that's a celebration of a team who's not used to winning you know, and, and cutting loose, you know. Yeah, that's um, right. Not winning. Not it sucks winning. when you when you don't win and then finally you win. You're like, oh, my God, like, what's happened to me? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, how, did I, yeah. how did I have the will to survive to make it this long? Like, anytime yeah. that, like, uh, something's, like, good has happened to me, like, uh, in my musical career or something like that, like, in the beginning, I would get very excited about it. And then as I got older and more, you know, uh, wise to the business, like it was harder and harder to get excited about stuff. And I always felt guilty about that because you should be excited, you know? A hundred percent, a hundred percent. Do you know what a clubhouse is, John? Not really, no. For the listeners out there of the podcast, if you can get on, I don't have any invites left. Otherwise I'd send it to you. It's, it's like that kind of like Facebook back in the day, you can only get on by somebody sending you a, a code. But it's basically um, a podcast with thousands of people. So like your phone connects to their phones. So you're hearing their phones and you're not really using that much data because like somehow they figured out it's kind of like guess like chat roulette was back in the day. Right. But you can speak in different platform rooms to people. It's oh, really cool. cool. Um, and I got into some heated debates, man. Everybody's a, oh, wow. a self-help guru, by the way. You need to set your intention. It's just like, oh my God. But I mean- it is really exciting to uh, to use some new technology like that. You know what I mean? Where you can just reach out to people. And it's like also time consuming. You can spend hours on there. There's room. Like there's, 
first of all, I'm like really out of touch with all that kind of stuff. So I'm, I'm open to anything like that. Cause I'm, I'm just, I don't know. I find not in some snotty way or like, yeah, tell holier, me. there's no holier than thou way. There's just like so many things I'm just totally oblivious to like that, but I'm really into that. Anytime I can share information with a lot of people and the whole self-help thing. I mean, there's, there's room for that. Like there's, there's yeah. room for self-help and, you know, setting intentions and stuff like that. Like I, I definitely do that, but the proliferation of it. Well, I mean, um, like somebody's like trying to give like a, so the like the thing is crazy, of it. like a clubhouse, like, you know, the, it just started. So somebody has like, you know, 200 followers and they're speaking to like 3000 people. Like, it's like, you know, like they're like, you know, the leader of the 300 going through like the Roman empire walls or something, you know what I mean? Like, it, <laughs> yeah. like um, it, yeah. it's so intense. And like one of the rooms I was in now <laughs> to get back to my thought, it was, uh, <laughs> it escaped me there for a second. Like there, there's a room I was in where people were talking about the music industry and mm. it's so like it, it enrages me to think that so many people like to take advantage of musicians and artists still who go yeah. into these rooms to try to become their managers try to become their booking agents try to become their literary agents whatever and like yep. you know there's only a handful a small percentage of people who are at the you know they're, they're at the the they're thinking like the best intention for you, you know, like a lot of people aren't, they're just like very upset that they aren't creative. And then they're trying to take somebody else's energy, suck it into them, you know? Yeah. Yep. And put it through yep. the, you know, the Brundlefly teleporter and come out the other end looking like, you know, a version of both. How yeah. do you, how do you uh, pivot around that before the pandemic? Or like, cause you seem to me, I mean, we've only met a couple of times like online and like you, you seem like you posted a video, I think it was very well spoken. I think it was like, uh, I mean, there's so many terrible things that happened. I can't remember which one, you know, as far as yeah. pandemic or, or like, you know, crisis, but you're yeah. very well spoken. You're also somebody who's uh, aware of like what's going on in the world and you can feel it. So like when I meet somebody like that, I'm always interested to think like what's in their mind. As far as what pivoting, like uh, as far as marketing and and promotion and all all that stuff, you mean as far as like man you, you management feel, stuff. Okay, so this is this is what I can't. Sorry, I think I missed the question. You made a lot no, of points. No, I mean like I, I, I actually I should I should <laughs> reposition myself because um, you're fine. You're good. I think that what I was getting at in that chat room was after mm -hmm. so long of trying to like okay, so you love making music, you know, you love making art. Mm -hmm. It's an exciting thing, right? Mm-hmm where in history did that become like something then that like you could only insurmount like you have to make money with your art you know what i mean like in other words i'm only making music because i want to sell it and i want to get rich you know what i mean like all right yeah so there you that go all right idea and that thought as i got older enraged me so much that i started doing things for free because when you do things for free it's an artistic and like and you know like it's the best in impression you could leave because it's like I've left it here. This is yours. You can either take it or leave it. But when you like try to charge somebody, like I remember like trying to get my friends to come to shows at like the Grape Room, like on a Saturday in my mid thirties being like, what am I doing? How, how, what are you going to do different once this pandemic starts? So there's a lot there, right? There's, it's like, <clears throat> I was having a conversation with a couple friends of mine on a Zoom call, of course, a couple nights ago. And it's really easy. It's really easy for anyone um, during a pandemic to sort of get down on themselves as an individual. And for me, I've tried to remain 
optimistic in the sense of like everyone is operating from the same baseline of you know perceived misery when it comes to openness getting out there playing shows connecting um as far as the working for free thing I had another conversation. I was camping over the summer and I kind of put music down for a while. I kind of just said, all right, this is what life is right now. Um, I'm not going to force it. I'm not going to try and be inspired and grab my notebook every two seconds and pick up the guitar just because I'm going to put it down. I'm going to go live. I'm going to go breathe. I'm going to go get out in nature. I'm going to go just like be with people I love and like get back to whatever, you know, whatever started this whole journey to begin with. Because for me, what's easy to forget is anybody who sings a song or anybody who makes music or has something to say, I feel like everybody at a certain point was standing in front of some kind of mirror in their home singing just because they like to do it. Like just because that's what we like when we need to express ourselves, whether it's sadness or joy or, or goofy or funky or whatever it is. Like there's a reason we all do this to begin with. And then like anything else, everything gets so mired in well, who do you know? And now what are you going to do with that talent? And what stage is going to have you? And what management company is going to produce you? And how many listeners do you have on Spotify? And how many likes do you have on Instagram? And that stuff has always been very poisonous to me. Um, and now I feel like what a lot of artists feel is a, a stoppage in any momentum they had. So now for me, I don't really have any answers. I don't I haven't gone out of my way really to try and do anything really different. I've kind of just taken a break. Um, that is doing something different, actually, though, John. In a that's way, true. Story, you're, you know, most people, you know, you don't know how to put something like down for a minute. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like when you're creative or you're like somebody who's a musician, especially yeah. a singer songwriter, you feel like, you know, or anything really. If you're a race car driver, if you ain't going around the track, you know what I mean? Like you don't feel like you're complete. But yeah, and, different. and I feel like the hope was, and I, maybe subconsciously, but I feel like the hope was that that decision would manifest itself in creativity. It would manifest itself in um, sort of this rebirth of energy around it. And it, and, and it has, you know, um, now that the year has turned over, things aren't different, but the year turned over and spring and summer are coming up. Like, in my world, it manifested itself in a lot of writing and a lot of new songs and a lot of planning and a lot of just sort of almost acting as if and going out and trying to book shows. And, you know, um, I feel like I feel like we're in for a um, pretty good 2020 when it comes to music. 2021, I mean. And uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm, I'm trying to stay positive and I'm talking to as many musicians and people who I collaborate with as possible and just trying to trying to just live in this world of acting as if things are going to be um, back to some semblance of normalcy, you know? Sometimes, somehow, like, when I talk to you, I feel like it will be. You know what I mean? Like, you've got that vibe. I, I was just thinking, like, I, could, I can't remember, like, where I just, like, I shouldn't say discovered or, you know, like, I'm nobody that, mm. you know, is discovering, like, new land or something, but I think, I guess it was on the, the quarantine party I thing could, or... I could tell you it was your... Um... You, your top of the hill, um... yeah, the, the top of the world. But before that, like I, I saw you play on one of those oh. websites, and I was like, "Wow, this guy's really good." Because you know, most of them, you know, they're they're all right, but you yeah. got something special there. Um, oh, thanks, man. Let, let me show uh, the listeners and let me uh, let the listeners hear one of your songs. This is "These Waters" by John Gilbride here on the Bobcast. Cool. 
All right, Bob, this one's called These Waters. Watch that sunset over pale 
back here on the show with John. Lovely rendition. <laughs> I love that song so much. Thanks, um, what can you tell me about these waters? So that one, um, that one is on my <clears throat> first like full length record, Pave Roads. Um, these waters, I mean, Pave Roads as a, as a record in general is a a sort of snapshot into a very specific time in my life. It's uh, you know, it's it's kind of a lot of heartache and it's a lot of loss and. Um, whether it be a girl or whether it be my mom, um, it was a, a lot of loss and a lot of how to how to grieve and how to, how to move past things. And um, these waters is it's about a relatively specific place on the map. That's a little island down in North Carolina called Ocracoke Island. It's the very southern tip of the Outer Banks. Um, it's a place that my partner Casey um, has been going forever with her family and uh, well I'm getting very specific and personal name dropping stuff but anyway um, it's a place that immediately grips you it's a place that's very isolated it's a beautiful place Um, it just has a lot of meaning for me and for my relationship with her and it's a place I go every July and I play a couple shows and it's sort of my new calendar year so every july 1st is in my mind is my calendar year like new year's eve means nothing to me and july 1st to me it's always been like where am i in my life it's this very um i take two weeks down there to just kind of get in my body and be like all right what happened this year what's going on what am i moving through what do i need in my life going forward um and it's very representative of uh, healing and getting back in touch with your roots, um, getting back in touch with like what you learned from your parents growing up that you can connect with again to go, oh, all this pain I felt and all this loss and all this losing myself and not feeling like myself, whether you were drinking too much or whether you were working too hard or just depression or whatever it is, it always turned into all right, this is a place I go to to kind of check myself and go, oh, that's not how you were brought up. Like, this is who you really are. And now let's um, let's move past. So these waters is just the idea of going back to a place physically, but also going back to that place mentally to kind of tell yourself, you know, you're going to be all right. You know? Yeah, I kind of have that with Valley Green. Like, uh, it's like my mental playground, I guess, you know? Yeah. Sucks for the yeah, snow yeah. and the mud, but I mean... I enjoy going there. Um, I also, um, I just lost my grandmother. Um, oh she, my God. She was uh, 99. So like grief is a, it's a really, it's a hard emotion. You know, it's a really. Um, Dude, I'm so sorry to hear that. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. I'm sorry you lost your mom. And yeah. What was the other, somebody else you lost? Um. So <clears throat> no, I mean, my mom was the one I, I lost um, to cancer and um, the the other stuff was lost and like relationship loss and, and, yeah. and stuff like that. Um, well, cancer sucks, man. I'm sorry to hear that. Cancer sucks. Fucking yeah. sucks. Yeah. Took my, um, my, like the coolest cousin I had, he was like 52. Oh, and God. like, um, he came up to me one night and he was just like, cause I don't feel good. And I'm like, what's wrong? He's like, I just don't feel right down there. And I'm like, maybe you should go get checked out, man. You know, like, I just never thought, you know what I mean? Like you never think, that that's going to be it, you know? And like, it's really crazy how life is so fragile. And it, one of the things that we, uh, you know, share in common is that I, I struggle with the fact, how can people be so unkind to each other when like, you know, we're all going to die. You know what I mean? 
And I really do believe, like, you know, as far as, like, um, death goes, the ultimate, like, the greatest, like, joke ever is that this life is just lived through different sets of eyes. It's all relatively the same experience. You know what I mean? Life is crazy. And it's like, sometimes when I'm out in public, I think that, like, stranger, you know what I mean? When you walk past somebody, it's like a stranger, and you just don't make eye contact with them. You don't look at them. You keep your head down. Obviously, there's some creeps in the world. You know what I mean? But, like, yeah if more people were aware of it, then there maybe wouldn't be so much, you know, strife in the world. I mean, that's one thing the pandemic ta taught me is like, I think before the pandemic, I was very much concerned with like what people thought my, you know, um, image was and stuff like that. And the more and more yeah. I like step back and like start retreating back into nature, to be honest, like I, it was like, yeah. I'm so insignificant as compared to you know, all the other things that are going on here. And it's like, always putting yourself fir first and forward is just, I I used to think that that was like what you had to do to make it. And I guess that kind of ties in with what I was talking about a little bit earlier about, you know, getting to a certain point where like trying to make money off of your art yeah, decreases your interest. And it also, to me, devalues de de my art to me. It's like, Oh, you want to buy it? Like it, it like angers me in a weird way, just because like it's like my own, I guess, punk rock defense to be like, no, yeah, <laughs> you can have it all for free, but I'm gonna keep pumping out content and I'm not gonna stop because that's just what I do. And it's like thousands and thousands of years ago, if somebody got a rock, John, and like went over and like you know scratched some shit up, and they're like, <laughs> there's no money exchange, you know what I mean? They were just like appreciative, you know? Yeah, man. There's um when it comes to like. Like like, like my my, no. my caveman impersonation <laughs> just freaked my dog out. My dog's at the door. That was a very that was a very like come hither dog sound. It really was. You know <laughs> I know, know she mean? did come. Um, Sorry, but uh, when it comes uh, to return to your train of thought. No, you're good, man. Um, when it comes to so we can go here. So death to me is something that used to terrify me. Same, same. Completely. My mom. I think it, it comes from. I mean, my upbringing was very um, idyllic, but to me, because my parents did such a good job, I'm an only child, did a very good job of masking and hiding things, and, and not in a bad way, my dad will probably watch this, but like not in a bad way, in like a way I would too, like I don't, wanna I don't wanna expose this person to all these things that are really going on, he's gonna grow up and he's gonna be great, and, and, I, and I was, and I am. Um, so when the C word came into my life, cancer, it used to be this thing similar to depression to me. It was just these words that were like, you know, it, it might have been, it, it might as well have been in Russian because I didn't, they were just words. They were just cancer and I would never have to deal with it. And depression, I don't know what the fuck that is because I'm happy as shit and I'm the goofy kid in high school and whatever. When you get hit with it, and I was 20, 20. I was in college when, no, no, my God, I was... 18 when my mom got diagnosed. It was right when I went to Temple here in Philly. Uh, so my entire time at Temple was my mom at UPenn Hospital down from Scranton being sick and in the end inevitably dying. And a lot of it was, I knew I know that one of her greatest fears was age and death. She hated it. So that rubbed off on me. And then when she passed away, it just created this terrible monster inside me of like all of a sudden it was crushing sadness and depression um and i was on track to leave school and do a, a real job 
and all this other stuff, and I'm telling you in some way, feeling pain and, 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 and the world kind of hitting me in the face kind of like made me into like, all right, you know what? No, like life is way shorter and there's much more meaning in this on this tiny planet that I have in the short time I'm here to waste away behind the desk and to waste away whatever and it made me write music and it got me into this life Same. and it Same. made me meet all these people like you don't know that people are out there who share the same energy and the same philosophy as you they're like behind the curtain you know and then it takes everybody sometimes you meet them when you're 16 and some people when you're 40 but like similar people with similar vibes and similar ideas and yeah ways it's of looking really at the world a lot of people don't think like we do john they just don't yeah. want to think like us but because it's like you know hippie shit you know what i mean like they don't know how to um understand that it's a lot more to do with, like the like the thing to, this is a great podcast by the way because i didn't think we were going to be talking about this stuff but i love intellectual conversations like this like the idea of um toxic male masculinity in america like you know people who hate upon you know white people who hate black people whatever like you know black people who hate asian people whatever hating somebody for the color of their skin right if they only just realized that you know i mean like in the scheme of things like there is no genitalia in the afterlife there is no body there is no form so what does that leave you with it leaves you with your energy your vibe your frequency and like if you're constantly like ready to fucking snap at your office, you're going to be putting out bad vibes. But if you're just able to create in a way that is free, especially if you're an artist out there, like, because it's like, I find that lots of artists sometimes, you know, once the monetary fund comes into play, they lose focus too as well. Their art suffers for it. But when you're just doing it for free and I love people who like, I mean, like when I first discovered Banksy, I was like, you gotta be kidding me, dude. There's a Robin Hood out there. You know, nobody knows who he is and he's going out there and he's putting up all these amazing pieces nobody like i just couldn't i couldn't stop obsessing about it my wife went yeah. out bought me like a big coffee table book i went through it like 300 times i was just like oh my god this is amazing the idea of it and then he becomes famous for the he becomes famous for not wanting the monetary fund first i identify with that so much because it's like what's the what's the point like you can't take that money with you into the afterlife but if I leave, there'll be some Bobcasts people can listen to, you know, like there'll be some John Gilbride and Friends music that they can listen to. You know what I mean? Like there's always that moment that you can leave your imprint. And I feel some people feel compelled to never do anything at all. They just say, let me go to the Airbnb and watch Netflix, but they could yeah. do the same shit in their bedroom. Yeah, it, it, it's hard. I mean, I, I don't draw a, I mean, yes. And you use the word hippie. It's funny. My dad, uh, when I talk to my dad about this stuff, he's like, John, you, you were a hippie all along. You just found that you found it a little later. You know what I mean? He's like, you know, cause I, I went to school. I did the whole thing. I, I worked in an office for a year. Like I, I, I understand. I don't draw, like I don't draw a distinct line between the artist and the, and the accountants. I, I don't do that either because there are people who are the most soulful, loving, Kind oh, yeah, they're out there too. You're right. People yeah. like I don't I don't draw any I don't draw a line. I don't draw any kind of distinctions because honestly I I and you the whole notion of could hate be eradicated if everybody was on this wavelength is is an interesting one because yes, of course they could, but is it a possibility in the in my lifetime? It's not. So for me it's just like the, so where this optimism is born in me is just out of 
all I can do, and this sounds so cliche and simple, but literally all I can do is control me and control the energy I put out and the people I surround myself with. Yeah. And if <clears> I could help do is just match that vibe with people. You just, you just had me thinking like, like, you know, like re really to go deep into the psychosis of people who hate and for people who want to, you know, uh, you know, r raid the Capitol building and want to kill somebody because of something <laughs> somebody else said. I mean, like, it's just insane to me to think that you would waste your time, not only putting gasoline in your automobile to drive to the Capitol to participate in such a thing. They probably didn't know they were going to do that. But I mean, at the same time, it's like, I just, I, I find this stuff like that is just like so embarrassing towards humanity as it stands before whatever created us, God or whatever. And that goes in with you were saying, like draw, you know, like people are like, I don't want to go over here with them. I don't want to be with them. But then like the ultimate irony at the end is no, there is no you and you. It's just, we're all one, you know what I mean? At the end, like that is a crazy thing because it's like, People are like, I, I always talk about like, you know, dealing like with the loss is such a terrible thing because my therapist told me about the fog and the fog is basically like fear, obligation and guilt. And like somehow or another, these three things always like tear apart your soul when it comes towards these big events. You know what I mean? You don't know how to deal with it. So you're like, you feel guilty for not being there for them. You have all these moments of things and it's just like tears apart the condition. But if you just filled your you know, like I, I, I have, I'm in a good place right now just because like I knew for a long time, John, that my grandmom was going to die. You know, like I, I thought my grandmom was going to die when she was like 88. You know what I mean? Like and then she lived in 99 and like there were so many moments where I thought it was the end. So I just knew that I had to spend like a lot of time there. So I would go and like do what people have told me in, you know, the weeks that passed since her death, you know, they were just they're like, wow, I was really just blown away by your relationship with your grandmother. And I was just like, that's just how I wish everybody feels, you know what I mean? Like, why does it have to be like always about like, well, I gotta go, I gotta go, you know what I mean? Oh, somebody's calling me, I gotta go, you know what I mean? Like, there's no moment to just sit with somebody. That's why I like podcasting, you know what I mean? Like, I, it, it reminds me of my youth when we didn't have anything except each other, you know what I mean? Like, my friends just sat around, we got stoned in the attic and we just talked about everything, you know? Yeah, uh, <clears throat> it's... um. Yeah, and a lot of, a lot of stuff that, yeah, a lot of stuff that helped me with grief. And as far as when you lose somebody you love, it's like, yeah, fogs. That's a good way to put it. Uh, what do you say? Fear, um, obligation, and guilt. Obligation, <clears throat> and guilt. Those things come up because we have an ego, and we have this this terrible thing in in, in human beings is just like we just self sabotage and we go. It's this helpless. What could I have done better? Feeling. Yeah. And for me, it was like, how would, if there's any belief I have in, in the afterlife, it's not it's not rooted in any sort of organized religion, but it's this idea, I, I believe in energy, and, I, and I'm pretty damn agnostic when it comes to why we're here, where we are, the grand scale of the universe, all this stuff, and that's for another eight podcasts we can do, but... No, I like is, talking about this stuff. Uh, the, I, I took a class is, in college. I went to Temple University my, too, John. Oh, did you really? Yeah, oh, cool. I, I love religious studies, so please continue. No, no, you're good. Uh, so where my, as far as my mom's concerned, it's like, what would she want me to be doing? How would she want me to be? And and you know, that's a lot of those songs on 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 the, on the record are just like, 
how like how how do I carry on like for her instead of like let let me do things for her in the name of her instead of just for missing her or, or like grieving over her like what can I do in her name and what can I do, you know, to carry on her spirit you know and those kind of things. Um, and it's just I mean her there's her pictures right there if you can see that like you know oh yeah yeah that's her at nineteen it was like me with the blonde wig but um you know so. I don't know. It doesn't define. Is that a broken guitar underneath her picture too, John? No, there's a mirror. So there's actually a guitar there. Oh, okay, okay. And I thought you had like a framed broken guitar. I was no, like, oh, this is cool. just my beat up like festival guitar with like you know it just hanging there. But uh, nice. You know. Um, so yeah, I um. It's. In, I didn't know we were gonna go into this stuff. I do. It's, I do uh, think that energy has a lot to do with like when you when you die, without a doubt. Like. I was, uh, you know, I was forced into religion by my parents because they were forced by their parents into religion. I had a really not, you know, I was like, what is this shit? You know what I mean? Like I, I get up early on Sunday, everybody else is chilling, they're playing, you know, like I, and then they, I went to CCD. They showed me pictures of Jesus Christ with like his like skin emaciated and like they freaked me out and I like start crying and like the, the, the nun or whatever, like called my mother and my mother came down to pick me up. And she was like, uh, the nun says to my mother within earshot of me as a little boy, your son is very close with God. Mm -hmm. I remember thinking as a little boy, <laughs> yeah, maybe, but you scared the shit out of me. That's the problem. Don't show me these pictures. Like it was a graphic photograph. I don't know if you ever seen the passion of the Christ, the Mel Gibson film it was very similar to that. And like, I was just like, I had to be like nine or something. And it's just like, what are you doing? You know? Mm -hmm. And like, look, I'm not knocking religion. If you're a Bobcast listener and you believe in Jesus Christ, sweet. But you know what? There's a lot of things out there. And I like to believe in all of them myself because I really think that it is a hodgepodge at the end. Why not? You know what I mean? Like when have you ever gone anywhere? Where there's just one of one thing. You ever go somewhere there's only Burger King? No, there's McDonald's. Every, you know what I mean? There's always going to be an assortment of things. So why not just embrace it all? Like people, that's another thing. Religion makes people go crazy. You know what I mean? Like they'll start wars over it. They'll, they'll get in their car. They'll drive to the Capitol and raid. You know what I mean? Like it's all, listen, I, I'll preface this by saying there was definitely a time in my life um, when all of a sudden I had this very, atheistic awakening right where all of a sudden i was like almost shaming people in my mind for believing in certain stuff that was a very brief time in my life because the more i grew and the more i learned is like listen i'm figuring shit out like every day i'm learning something new i'm figuring it out i'm fixing something in my body in my brain um, I'm letting go of biases and, and stuff and religion has, and as far as like the capital and the rioters and religion and everything, they all, everybody has these predispositions and stuff that's wired in them. And a lot of them are lost. A lot of them are confused. And, and I'm not in a place of, especially with religion coming from an Irish Catholic family. Um, Ooh, yeah, I know that I'm Irish Italian Catholic. So, you know what I mean? Listen, like I, man, kind of the same thing. And it's like the, the belief, the belief is deep and, and and when it comes to death, especially, and my, and, and my mom passing away, I mean, there's a lot of people in my family that take real legitimate solace in, in the idea of all the things that the Catholic religion, that Christianity, that all these organized religions have around death and the afterlife. And that's their way of 
coping, healing, dealing with the idea of losing a loved one and dealing with adversity and yeah. depression. All because it's not, so okay, I'm, so it's a very great point right there, John, because what it is, is, is basically people are, they, they're so scared of uh, the unknown that they do things to make themselves feel better. They don't, they not they do that with death. They do that with, you know, their work day. They'll do that with their loved ones. You know, they'll do things that they know will make them feel better. And it's weird because that's your ego, really. And like the whole thing with ego death is just so hard for people to, to you know, most of my listeners understand it, I guess. But it's like being able to do something, you know, for somebody else is an energy that is so much more powerful, I believe, than any other organized religion like the the ones that you were talking about, just because just by doing like you know if i if i go to confession and tell some dude in a box you know i watched some dirty movies on you know channel 99 back in the day he's going to absolve me from my sins and then i'm just going to go do it again there's no there's no exchange of good energy it's just like uh, uh, you know and like th those religions like it's like the, the sacraments and stuff you know i mean these are physical things they're not actually helping people and getting out there and doing the right thing i did have I went to Temple University and I got a degree in education and uh, I was a school teacher for a while before that really drew upon my creative ways, I guess. Like I just couldn't, I, I felt like I, I wasn't being myself. I was Mr. Cahill. I wasn't Bob, you know, like right. it was a weird yeah, yeah. dynamic. Sure. And I was just like, I can't do this, man. Like, I'm not going to do this till I'm 65 and be like this dude, Mr. Beats in my high school who every Friday had his paycheck in his front pocket so everybody could see it. I'm not going to do <laughs> wow. that. You know? Wow, that's that's very symbolic of like ever, dude. Yeah. Like, what are you doing with that check, dude? You know what I mean? Put that check down. You know, like we don't want to see that. But like, I've tried many different endeavors too, as well. You know what I mean? Like, I was a musician. Uh, I'm not speaking past tense. I am a musician. I'm a screenplay writer. I'm a podcaster. You know, I enjoy public speaking. I enjoy dogs. I enjoy so many different things. You know, have you ever tried a sensory deprivation tank? No, it is it is on it is on the short list of things that I keep I keep getting recommended to do it. I keep I keep getting told to go seek it out and do it. And I think if I had the budget, I would I would pay for you to go right now. But I tell I highly recommend it because it is maybe that release that you might be looking for. That is, oh, it's so hard to I don't want to describe it because it, it'll be your own experience. Like. Yeah. If you can focus on your breathing and really meditate, like you can just leave your body in there. It's crazy. Like there's many. I'm super, I mean, I'm that. super into, I mean, my partner, Casey, she's a, a breathwork facilitator, meditation leader. She's a, a yoga instructor among many things. And nice. so having, having been with her, I mean, I bet I've been with her going on eight, eight years, but like uh, having been with her for a while, I've, you know, I think it started with me not knowing what the hell was going on and like being having walls up around this stuff. And then the more the more you dive into these things, you know, um, there's just real. I mean, we started this conversation saying laughing at the clubhouse stuff with like, you know, self-help and stuff. And I and I interjected and said, there's room for that, because where there's room for that is like really embodying it. Like, leave, yes, to do it for real, it, for real. Yeah. Leave all that, leave all that other shit at the door and like really, really get inside because um, it's good to fuck, be scared. And, and fuck anybody who goes, you know, that's a hippie notion. Like you can say, say whatever words you want. Like I, I just, I found more value in the past two years in really diving into those things and learning more about myself, about my health, about my family, about 
about everything I could do to take care of myself that has manifested itself in just me being me. There's a lot of years of like being a chameleon or trying to fit different things, you know, depending on what the industry said you should do or what the your bank said you should do or your wallet, whatever it is. It's like, it'll drive you mad. It'll drive you crazy. And to what end? Like Why? What, what, what are we doing? It means nothing. It means nothing. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, um, so many different things. And listen, listen, I, I, if you, if you want, if, if some, if, if I, you know, when I go tour this summer or when I go tour next spring, if I make, if I end up making money or if like a big, a bigger band says, Hey, come on tour. And, and my, and my wallet is full. The most important thing will be that my cup is full, that my soul is full. It's like, if money comes along with that, that's fantastic. You know what I mean? Like, that's great. I'd be a lying piece of shit on this podcast and anybody else who talks to me, if I said money isn't to some extent part oh, of the deal. Yeah, trust me, I would because, like it too. Because, Somebody's like, here, here, Bob, here's $100,000. You could just keep talking forever. I'd be so excited, but it's like- It's part of the deal, man. And, and the thing, like, I think what we're talking about, that, that clubhouse thing too, is like the industry, whatever, that word attracts negative people. And the, the ones that you need to help you get your artistic level up Especially now with the internet, John, because I didn't like when I was coming up, like when I was in downtown Harvest in the early thousands, like internet was just really coming into play. MySpace came out. We're like, wow, we yeah. can reach everybody. We can send bulletins for free, which reached yeah. everyone. There was no algorithm back in the day. And I used to, <laughs> I used to just like, I would write like paragraphs about everything I was into at the moment, you know, and just like, just word for word, like lost, Red Bull, you know what I mean? Like dumb shit, you sure, know? Sure, sure, yep. And I loved it because it worked. People loved it. And then what happened was money got involved. And that's what, like, you know, in other words, like Zuckerberg comes out, you know, Twitter comes out and then Instagram and all this other stuff. And it's like, no, like you can be the most talented person in the room with 142 followers and nobody knows it, you know, just because they're not looking at you because the bots, he didn't pay for the bots or she didn't pay for the bots. And I think... I'm just angry at that shit. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just, I, it's so enraging to me because you're a talented person. Many of the people that were top of the hill with me were talented people, you know? And like, you guys have an uphill battle now. And it sucks because the, the playing field is not even anymore like it used to be. You got all these other players who have nothing to do with how creative you are. And that's what I would like to figure a way around. But it's like, I can't invent the time machine. Marty's not available. Doc's not available. We can't go back to the Napster trials and like buy their software. It's just never going to happen. Yeah, I was on a call with um, a buddy's band. Not a call. They, they, you know, you know the band Handbone Relay. Actually, this is their shirt. Yes, but um, oh wait, wait, uh, say, say it again so I can see their shirt. Sick, bro. Uh, this is uh, Handbone Relay. They're organ trio out of Philly. My my drummer uh, Rob Tate, um, and then Mark Brown, insane organist, and. Uh, um, uh, Luke from the Groove Merchants are all in this band, and we were on a, a the call. Groove Merchants, that's a cool name. The Groove Merchants, out. yeah, yeah, check them out too. Um, shout out to them; they're they're fantastic. They're you know party funk band. Handbone Relay is like. Oh, I know them. I know Rob. I'm yeah. I'm just kind of a fanboy of theirs, and, and they've back back me up with my stuff a bunch of times. Would you say uh, it was Groove? The Groove Merchants, yeah. Um, so yeah, they're, uh, so Handbone's all over my record and and on my shows and stuff, and, and they're just great. Anyway, but we were talking about this same notion because those guys hustle like mark mark books prolifically and, and they tour and all this other stuff and i do too but 
as far as like these new mediums and this level playing field and stuff, one thing is I've played big shows. I've booked big venues. I've had songs do better than others, but like I'm telling you, nothing nothing will ever be more gratifying to me than sitting across a fire or a table or whatever from one or six people who just like like what you're doing because I've dude I've been that musician in the corner of the restaurant that nobody you don't think anybody's listening to it takes till the end for somebody to go hey man good job like you know sounded good you know I've been that guy uh, I've been the wedding singer guy um but you know I've been every single capacity a musician could be and I am awful when it comes to technology it, except for this I can I can make things sound okay but like I don't know anything about anything else digital marketing I pay people a couple bucks to try and do that for me because I don't know what's going on I don't want to lose sight of why I got here in the first place and when I say here it's literally just as a musician with songs to sing like that's yeah here on the bobcast with me dude you made it I mean it sounds so stupid and simple but like it really is and like I I feel like I'm telling you man I, I feel like these days I start to annoy people with my like not wooey stuff, but like my like, hey, just take a step back for a we second. We should probably hang out more, dude, because this is what I'm all about. Like, I really, I'm not bullshitting you that like, I really think more people could benefit from this type of mindset. And it took me a really long time, John, to get there. I th- I really think I didn't come into my own until I was like 36. You know what I mean? I'm 41 now. And that's when I had my son, Tyler. Like when you put somebody else before you, you know what I mean? You got no choice. You can either be a good dad or a bad dad. You know, and like, it really helped me like understand a lot about myself and also like make me be able to reflect on my career as a musician, like my energy level. Okay, so my um, my vibe that I was putting out when I was in downtown Harvest was just relentless, trying to make it to the top and like also being highly competitive with other Philly bands such as Jealousy Curve, Peppers, Ghost, you name it, Fat City, Reprise, all these bands still aside. I, 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 I thought of them like I thought of like the Joker, the Riddler, you know, in Batman's cave. And like, I did everything I could to like get to the top. You know what I mean? Like uh, open for bands at the TLA, do this. And like, it was never enough. Like we, we had like a, a meeting with Atlantic Records thinking it's at the top. I, I met with Bob Power, the guy that did the Tribe Called Quest Records. Mm. Many, many great moments. And like, I always kept trying to fill this void of making it. Why did I want to make it? Not because I wanted to make it. Because I mean, you know, full like you know i mean the the honest truth of it is because i didn't have supportive parents growing up that wanted me to be an artist they wanted me to become something else they wanted me to have another career and they never really looked at me as an artist and like i just always was trying to match the negative vibe of i told you so you know what i mean you can't want to make it in this business if you were going with the i told you so mentality and you know uh it's a really difficult emotion because it's like, you know, um, it's like rage, you know what I mean? It's kind of, it's not really, it's, it's also part of the fog fear of not making it, you know, fear of not the rejection of like them being like, why I told you so, you know what I mean? But then Mm. as I got older, I realized, man, you know, if I could go back and like offer advice to people, that's what I would say to them. Do this because you want to do it. And it sounds to me, that's what you want to do. And you also Mm -hmm. understand the importance 
of staring into a campfire and not having other distractions around you except the people you love because music has a, a fine line in that type of environment. You know what I mean? There's always music when you're feeling good with friends. You know what I mean? Bars have it. You know what I mean? Holiday parties. There's always something going on. I have so many good memories of my friend who passed away in 2013 listened to the Wu-Tang Clan when we were kids. Oh, man, yeah. No, pay, like just pagers. You know what I mean? My, my pager code was 808 for Bob. You hit me up. <laughs> I know you, you know what I mean? I do. I do. And I miss it so much. But like, I'm so grateful too. And I think that one of the key words that we're talking about here too is gratitude. Like if you don't have gratitude for something, you know, you're not living right, you know? And like, it took me a long time. It took me a lot of bands and it took me a lot of, you know, um, I left the, the, the career in music and I started moving over to screenplay writing. And like, I was really focusing on that for the last 10 years. And I had very similar experiences where people were offering me deals and, you know, at the last minute pulling the rug out and being like, no, you got to rewrite 52 pages. And we want this character not to not be gay. We want him to be straight. And I was like, no, I'm not doing that. You know, it's, it's another tough world, man. I've, I've never, I've never, I've never delved into it. Oh, it's fun. But at the same time, just like you, uh, back in March when all this, you know, happened, I just stopped writing, dude. I, I was just like, you know what? That only made sense in this old world of thinking where it was like, I've got to try to get something, you know? And then like, I was just like, yeah. oh man, the only thing that's important right now is my family. You know what I mean? Like taking yeah. care of the people I love. And I'm not ashamed to admit it. Like, yeah, I mean, I, I, I strive to be a good dad to my son. I am Michael Keaton. I am Mr. Mom. I take him to school. How old, how old you know is your son? Mean? He is five. Five years old. Amazing. Yeah. Five years old and like you know i mean basically it's just the best because it's like you know that like changed, i was saying before that changes things right there he is if you could see him right here uh Ty oh Gabby. man Ty. cutie that's so, an amazing uh, picture yeah we have uh we have like lots of fun together and like i tried to in a way what i'm trying to do is uh give him the childhood that like every child would want where imagination always comes first you know what i mean like why not you know what i mean what else you do when you're five you know what i mean like dude and yeah. for me to imaginative play with him like i like when he was i, I remember I never forget the night it was like maybe he was like three a couple years ago and it was when we first started getting into you know role playing with action figures you know and like i forgot how good i was at that you know and like this like dopamine surge hit my brain i was like oh shit i can <laughs> you know, i can set these battle scenes up with my son yeah you forget yeah, you forget. Like you forget to be a child. Like I was talking, uh, where I, I was talking with my wife the other day. Um, that movie Hook we were watching. Did you ever see Hook? Oh come on, dude! Don't get me started on Hook. That scene where she, where we're like, <laughs> looks like you, Peter. There you are. I don't know what he says. There, but, he goes, goes there you are. There you up. are, Peter. Yeah, and it goes like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Such the, a great. The, Great little, movie. The, the, the like, little husky kid, the little husky yeah, kid. He yeah, gained, yeah, gained some weight there. <laughs> the one he, he leaves him in charge at the end or something. Yeah, with the, yeah. With the sword up in the air. Oh, I just dude. love that movie. It's so great, you know. And uh, dude, that's a great. I, what you're saying, like what you're saying, is sparking something because you're talking about like playing with your son and getting back in touch with what I think you're getting at is your own boyhood. Because like for me, like um, past two years has been a kind of an awakening in that regard too. Because it's like. Oh my God, there was like a couple years there where I got totally lost in like, oh, I'm in entertainment now and I'm getting out there and I'm hustling, I'm Ubering here and I'm Ubering there and I'm playing with bands and I'm doing all this shit. It took like 
a couple trips out with a couple friends, like diving off of docks and swimming and running and throwing a frisbee around to be like, oh, I, I forgot what it's like just to be me, just to be a dude, just to be a boy again. You know what I mean? And like yep, that whole yep. lost boy notion has always oh, dude, been. Yes, without a doubt. Not the, the, not the always, bad but the Peter Pan ones, without a doubt. No, dude. no, like Peter Pan lost boy thing has yeah. always been something in my brain where there's some of my music comes from and some of my philosophy comes from of like not fear of getting older, but not losing touch of the kid you were. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> Without a doubt, this, dude. You're going to have the same thing I, I do when you get older. Like, you know, like I look at all my friends, like when I cl- click the birthdays on Facebook, like it says, yeah. so-and-so's birthday, no clue how old they are, no clue how old they are. I list how old I am, dude, because I want to live by example. I want to be like Tom Brady. And I, I think Tom Brady gets a bad rap. <laughs> He's two years older than me, okay? This yeah. dude, he, he went to a town that had never won the Super Bowl and just took it, you know what I mean? And I listen, I highly recommend if you if you're, if well, they won one who... with Gruden, remember? Yeah, dude. Dude. Oh, yeah, Gruden won back in the... Yeah. I forgot about that. He, he left. Didn't he retire after that? Like, too? 07, he retired, yeah, and then whatever, yeah. Then he... What's he doing now? But anyway... Uh, uh, he's uh, coaching the Raiders. Um, what was I saying about Tom? Oh, okay. So, so if you yeah, yeah. Or if you, you love, are Tom. I highly recommend... Take a listen to um, Dak Shepard's Armchair Expert uh, episode mm. called mm. Goat. And he oh, details... Cool all the ways that he maintains his physique, you know, and like his athletic, mm. you know, ability. And it's not like what you think. I mean, one thing that was so fascinating is that one that Tom point, Brady does or that yeah, Tom that, does Tom, mm. with Dax is interviewing. It's a great podcast, by the oh, way. Oh, cool. Armchair experts. So good. Nice. Um, the one thing I can tell you is like, okay, so at one point during Tom's career, he, he keeps throwing the ball and like, you know, this muscle, you're, you know, extending it, your bicep. And, you know, he was like doing like curls and stuff like that. And like, he started feeling like, oh man, after a game, my elbow, my muscle hurts. And then he was like, why am I like lifting this way to make something go this way? So then he started doing exercises to make his muscles instead of bulk up here, just become longer. So that way he could like extend more. And I was like, dude, you are the goat, dude. You know what I mean? Like you're scientifically doing, you know, all these things, Pilates, yoga. You don't have to get old. Your mind doesn't have to get old too. My father-in-law is 90 years old and we went to Disney World right before the pandemic. And like, we were just like, you know, sweating our asses off, hauling like through like, you know, 95 degree uh, temperature down there. And like, uh, at one point I said to him, I was like, hey, Buzz, what's your secret? Like, you know, how do you um, not get (laughs) cold? And he's like, "Uh, I just don't allow myself to, Bob. Just got to keep moving. And that's really, really important too. For a lot of people, you know, both of our ages, really, some people are very sedentary, especially now with this pandemic. Like that's what I can't wait to just move my body in the morning, like take my dog for a walk. Like, you know, like people just give up on that part of their body too. Like health and fitness. They're just like, ah, we'll give a shit. You know, it's like, what do you think's going to (laughs) happen? You know what I mean? Like it's easy to do. It's easy to do. And, and for me with, I, I, uh, past couple of years, I've met, I've met people in the past three years who will be my friends for the rest of my life. And I think I, had a relationship with most of them for like a year or more before I even asked or knew how old they were because it, it it doesn't it doesn't mean anything to me yeah it, it, it really doesn't I mean I've met you know one of, my, one of my best friends is like 60 you know what I mean he's my next year dude I'm with you I'm with you there's some 20 year olds who are mature as hell and there's 60 year olds who might as well be 17 you know it's that's the way it works so uh you know I I don't usually say this at the end of a podcast, but this was a really good one. I enjoyed it. Oh, happy, happy <laughs> back. 
Um, cool. We we just started spitball, man. I hope it hope it works. Maybe out maybe we should just start our own show and just try to get people to like break free. You know what I mean? Because break free. You know, sometimes I, I won't be honest. Like you know, I this is what episode two eighty seven. You know, nice. Of all the ones that I've done, you know, I mean, like there's a handful of really good ones. You know, but like sometimes like you gotta like really work at it to get like a half hour. And uh, yeah, you're great at it. Dude. You should have your own cast, dude. Yeah, it's it's, it's added to the list of things that you know. I feel like. Um, it's fun. I love talking, and I always say yes to these kind of things. And uh, um, I'm in the planning stages of a lot of music stuff and stuff coming up, so I'm working on that. But then, yeah, man, I, I'm always down for talks and interviews or whatever, on air or off. So I'm We got gonna... really good chat game. Your chat game is very strong. My chat uh, game. I'm going to put uh, links down below for people to check out your music. Um, you are going to play us one more song before we leave tonight. Um, any last words for the listeners, John, before you go? Uh, no, uh, the song that you're going to hear is one that's sort of in the works. It's one of five singles that I'm working on. Um, a lot planned for April, May, June. No details yet, but uh, just be on the lookout. Go to my website and all that fun stuff. That's all, man. It's a pleasure talking with you. It's good stuff. Cool. Check them out. This is John Gilbride with The Crazy Ones on The Bobcast. <laughs> All right, Bob, this one's called The Crazy Ones. Stars of yet, 